With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Just so you know, Bottle Shock is, um, we, I was talking about this with Andy Schaff online, um, it's the worst movie that we agree that we're happy we've seen, because it's, I think, objectively a terrible movie. There's another movie about, isn't it Beer Fest or Beer, some, Beer totally. Olympics? Well, beer Fest? So, so, Beer Fest is a comedy, but, bottle, oh, but it's... Bottle Shock's not a comedy, it's going, it's trying to be sideways, it, okay. it's got a great cast, it has uh, Alan So it Rick- is, it is wine for the new generation, I get it, yeah. okay. But it, it has Alan Rickman and Dennis Farina and Bill Pullman and is, well, random other famous people in this thing, but it makes no sense. And they have to wedge all these characters into it. And it is objectively an awful movie. But, okay. it's, but it's based on a true story. It is based on a true story. How'd they get all those good people to do a bad movie? I don't know. Um, well, the, the acting is very good. The script is very bad. Okay. Um, because they have all these people playing characters that they always play. Alan Rickman plays Alan Rickman, and the, is he the bad the dude, guy? Tell me, he's like Hans he's Gruber. not the he's not the bad guy. He's it's hard to describe his role. He's like facilitating. He plays, he plays Professor Snape of wine. He oh, does. Okay, I like that. The best part is Dennis Farina speaks French in it with a Chicago accent, and <laughs> okay. it's just outstanding. Um, so, so it's like when Brad Pitt tries to speak Italian. That, that Dennis's character in Bottle Shock is actually the same character from Snatch. I can and see that because he—that's a good he, call. Is it like an extended he starts, universe? He starts sort of going to France instead of England. Yeah, that's who does, perfect. Who's the director of Snatch? Uh, the guy who shoot. does like train spotting and stuff. Right? It's Guy Ritchie. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yes, not the guy who does train spotting. No, d- d- no, I, I'm. But I was right thinking now. of Guy Ritchie. So who does train spotting? Who does go? That's not. That's like the American version of. It, it okay, is. I'm just. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm down. I'm I, down several rabbit holes now. I feel bad about this because the guy who does Trainspotting is a really good director. He does a lot of interesting movies. Yeah, and I can't think of his not, name right now. That's not Paul Thomas Anderson. No, it's not PT. Um, it's. And, uh, it's definitely not a movie Paul Thomas Anderson would do. But ah, shoot. Well, I'm gonna I look say it up. Danny something. But Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle. It's Danny Boyle. No. Is oh, we did. It is Danny Boyle. Boyle. Yeah, totally. Now I was thinking of Guy Ritchie the whole time. I would not have thought Danny Boyle. <laughs> Guy Ritchie, who ended up doing the Sherlock Holmes <laughs> well, garbage and married Madonna. All British people are the same, so that makes sense. Uh, um, is Danny Boyle British? He's probably not. He's probably totally British. I'm pretty not sure British. he's not British. I just think of it because of Trans Danny Boyle is super Boyle British. Is British. Super British. All right. I am really striking out. This is supposed to be my wheelhouse the director thing and the Oscar movies and stuff. Wheelhouse. Oh, I, I'm Sh- oh you know what, The worst part of Bottle Shock is Eliza Dishku, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and you can tell. That when they were doing it, that like they they had like a get with getting her because she's wedged in there and has no part in the oh, movie right. at all. So she's they like just... had to work around her schedule. Yeah, and then they totally like have a scene with just her and Alan Rickman in it. Definitely thinking like, well, these two haven't been in a scene yet. We have to get them in a scene, <laughs> even though they have nothing to do with each other in the movie. It's great. Um, anyway, everybody should watch Bottle Shock. It is um, awful. It is a terrible movie, but it's worth watching because the performances are just just crazy out there. I don't know if I have it's, a really good bad a, movie that I like. It is an. It's but here's the thing. It's, it's not like it's, it's not, not like not, it's not like the room bad or like one of those like yeah. so good it's so bad it's good movies. It's like earnestly trying to be good. It has a high budget and it is it's not fun bad. It's bad in a weird way. I can't, it's hard to describe how <laughs> it right. is how it's bad. It's not bad like like you're not going to like laugh your butt off at it at all. It's just really weird 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 bad. All right. All right. It's it's kind of a it's a movie that you don't realize is bad until you're done. Yeah, it kind you're of like, tricks that you. was an enjoyable that was an enjoyable ninety minutes. Wait, what did Wait you hang say? on, that kind of tricks you. Shit, it, 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 <laughs> you're waiting for it to be a good movie, and it never gets Got there. Got it. It's like, it's like uh, the village. Anyway, we should probably talk about football. Oh, sure. it's Let's been see. like 
like uh, I don't know, like five minutes of time. Let's now, talk so. about football. All right. So, uh, <laughs> welcome to reporting is eligible, episode five. Um, I <laughs> wait. Is this wait? The podcast seriously started four minutes ago. Yeah, it started four minutes ago. I was I didn't wasn't aware of that. Well, so we can swear now. I didn't know that. I think we've sworn before, haven't Have we? we? All right. Well, we're gonna do it now. Oh, shit, let's do it. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> any case, I had to start it because we had we we're gonna talk. I, I dropped Andy's name and we had to keep mentioning him yes, in every single podcast. Andy Schaff mentioned on the podcast. Yes. Check that box. Yep, box is checked. So um awesome. So anyway, does, uh, does Andy even listen to us? Yeah, he does. <laughs> I make him. Anyway. Um <laughs> He's not going to listen now because we've used up the reference. He's going to tune out for well, the I have to get him on podcast. to do prop bets sometime. That's right. That's um, right. So anyway, uh, this is, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. It's episode five, um, which means we have to make Matt tell the story of his name because we said we would. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, I am Paul Noonan. I write a weekly Packer column for the Shepherd Express, um, which came out yesterday and is about how the Packers will probably lose this game to the Bears. Um, we'll talk about that. I also write for Acme Packing Company, and I have a piece coming out later this week uh, comparing Aaron Rodgers to Mitchell Trubisky it will make everybody very mad at me um, <laughs> we'll go in reverse order this time so uh, across the way in Colorado Springs we have that's that's your cue oh I am Matt I went out of order you can call me Matub. Uh I talk about the Packers on Twitter making memes and sometimes I write for Acme Packing Company and we also talk about bottle shock all the time, apparently. Yes. And to my left. I'm J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I know a lot about movies. Unfortunately, I just tried to advocate that Danny Boyle was not British, and he is super, <laughs> super British. And I think my love of movies actually began in uh, kind of around, I mean, I guess I've always liked them, but in like 2008, we really got into the Oscar race then. We went to that Best Picture Showcase and we, we saw all five of the nominees. Slumdog Millionaire wins it that year. And I was like, I want to do this every year. I want to get into the Oscars every single year. That's a Danny Boyle movie. So, like, that's kind of... start. Where, I mean, not that Slumdog is, like, this this movie that I'll never forget or whatever. But it's still, like, that's kind of the beginning of it all. And I had no idea he was British. I'm a, I'm a bad movie person. <laughs> it's fine. What it's would happen movie. if you got on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and the Million Dollar Question was about Slumdog Millionaire? Um, That would... <laughs> the question is: Is Danny Boyle British? Yes. Well, you no, know to, I don't know. You know who maybe. to phone now, so you're good. Yeah, I do know who to phone. That's right. Um, yeah, that uh, that that was an interesting construct. That that movie is completely implausible. The whole the questions are completely ridiculous. It but was written. It doesn't matter. It was written. So it was written. <laughs> it wouldn't be interesting if it was plausible. It'd be friend, boring. My friend who always had this this. Redi- this this uh, saying, he wanted it more. He says that about everything. Like watching, <laughs> he wanted it more. So we're watching Slumdog. This is the second time I saw it in theaters. It was not on purpose, but uh, there's the scene where the kid goes through the porta potty into a sea of shit to retrieve something that he wants. I don't even remember what it was, but the kid emerges covered in it yep. and has that item. It and was my the friend... autograph of a football player. Was it really? It was okay. So or my... act me was an actor. Shoot, yeah, I think it was an person. actor. And my friend turns and he just says he wanted it more. <laughs> I just burst into laughter. <laughs> <laughs> so great uh, that's a really stupid has your friend story. ever used the phrase best shape of his life i don't know shall... probably mm. if he's followed football i'm sure he has or spring training baseball <laughs> since now we have a baseball reference this is officially a reporting his eligible podcast yes indeed all right so um should we start with the bears or should we start with matt's name let's start with the bears save matt for the end all right sounds good and i'll <laughs> I'll also tell what I thought the Matt's name story was after we do it because um, I was wrong. Um, I have a really hard time <laughs> looking at it and not pronouncing it in my head as Matube. It is Matube. Matt, call me Matube. I get, I get, I get Matube and Matub surprisingly a lot. Matub? Matub? <laughs> People just like don't That's care. very creative. They don't care like about it. the rules of English at all. They're just like Matub. <laughs> Matub, be- Matub, Matub, Matub. All right. All right. The Chicago Bears are Yeah, so uh, the Bears. Um, I've... I've been getting yelled at a lot by Bears fans, and I partially bring it on myself because I compa- since they're playing them this week, I keep writing things comparing the Bears to the Packers. And, you know, I don't like the Bears, so I make snarky comments about them. But I think they're good, and I think they're probably going to win this game. So um, I-, I wish people would stop doing that. It's kind of obnoxious. Um, but so just, just to set the table a little bit, the reason I think that the Bears are probably going to win this game, um, Aaron Rodgers biggest fatal flaw is he tends to hold the ball for a very 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 long time um he takes a lot of sacks they're all his fault um we've recently determined jerry you can appreciate this as a baseball reference Ooh. um 
there are three things that quarterbacks have a lot of control over um, amongst these skills that kind of make you good or bad. One is interceptions. One is taking sacks. It's not an offensive line stat. It is a quarterback stat. And one is um, A-N-Y dash Y. Anya, uh, adjusted net yards per, per attempt. Sail away, sail exactly. Away, we talked about it on the first away. podcast. We have not used it as a theme song yet. Uh, we will at some point. Um, so what you're telling me is that there are three true outcomes. There are three true outcomes. Ah, yes. There are the three true outcomes of quarterbacking. Oh, we're back in my land. Yes. It's a good land. So um, for those of you not familiar, the three true outcomes in baseball are walks, strikeouts, and home runs. They're the things that pitchers and hitters control by themselves without the influence of fielders. Um, in football, to be good at one, you generally have to make a trade-off in one of the other ones. The best quarterbacks are better about making that trade-off. Um, but you'll see guys who take shots down the field, have a high have high Anya. We're calling it Anya, we decided. Um, also, usually have a lot of interceptions. Um, guys who take a lot of sacks usually have a lot of big plays because they're back there buying time to get those big plays. So there's usually kind of just a trade-off between the three. Aaron Rodgers, the last several years, hasn't really had that trade-off. He, he takes a lot of sacks and he buys time. His big plus is he doesn't throw interceptions, like at all. He is the best at not throwing interceptions, and that's great. But he's low at big plays, even though he's taking all the time and all that sex. Anyway, playing the Bears, that's a terrible way to be. It's an awful way to be. The way to beat the Bears is to throw the ball fast and on time, not to buy time, take that pass rush out of it, make sure Kalumau can't get to you no matter what. Um, the way he's played the last several years plays right into their hands. It's why he got hurt last year. And the reason they came back on the Bears last year is because he was right. hurt and had to get the ball out fast because he couldn't move anymore. Example A, the yeah. way they took Khalil Mack out of that game was Indeed. crazy. So then you add Matt LaFleur to the equation, who is a Kyle Shanahan disciple and who tends to run the ball quite a bit to set up play action and deep ball passing. Again, not a good idea against the Bears, who are great at stopping the run, and on any deep passing play, puts your quarterback at risk. So I think they get beat up. I think he gets hit a lot. I'll be happy if they get through the game with him unscathed. And the Bears, I don't think are any great chicks offensively, but I suspect that they'll beat the Packers pretty handily. They are currently the Bears are currently three point favorites. I would put them quite a bit higher, um, but that's that's my kind of fear and how I see this one going. Anybody have a differing opinion? Um, Jared, I can start with you. I am all here for the ESPN simulation that had the Packers winning this game as well as their next seven games, going thirteen and three before falling in tragic fashion to the Los Angeles Rams in the divisional round of the playoffs. Whatever ESPN says, I'm I'm all for that. That sounds perfect. They but, do seem to be kind of darlings of um, a good chunk of coverage and of like football outsiders loves them a lot too for reasons I don't c- it does completely me, understand. Right? Um, it's shocking. Yeah, maybe we're just uh, sort of unneutral pessimists. I don't know. Well, the but, fact is we don't have data. We, we have no preseason data. Unneutral pessimists. I, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like you know how you sort of when your kid is playing a sport and you're just like, well, he's not that good and he's the best player on the team. You know, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what we're doing. Yes. I, I, I just wish, like, I feel like I'm usually optimistic when changes happen. I'm usually kind of like, this will be different. This will be good. They didn't hire somebody stupid. But, like, I don't know. I, I see a lot of negative trends. And the Bears, I see a lot of positive trends. Like, I don't think Trubisky's good, but I think Matt Nagy's good. And I think he's smart enough to win even if his quarterback isn't very good. Like, I, I don't trust LaFleur to be better than the people around him i definitely don't trust Petten to be better than the people around him um like that worries me too that that defense isn't going to be very good so uh, like I, i'm very worried about this game if they win I'll, I'll be kind of ecstatic that they managed to pull it off yeah i think if we're looking at just this one game they do have a lot of they got a, a lot of new faces they, they've got a lot of thin position groups some injuries that yeah. aren't like you know they're not do or die injuries but you know their injury report is quite a bit longer than chicago's uh, I don't know what that if that necessarily means anything. It's mostly the fringes of the roster, but still, like I don't I don't know if they can get any production out of the tight ends they have right now. I'm not sure what oh, what to uh, what to expect here out of Jimmy Graham in the twilight of his career or, or Robert Tanyan moving you know into a more prominent role. And like you said, I mean Matt Lafleur. I, I still think there's probably going to be a little bit of, a, of an adjustment period when you know when you've introduced new concepts and stuff and have have had no snaps together. Uh, with the starting eleven uh, in a preseason game, that's uh, that's alarming to me. I, I bet it's close though, just because it. I, I hate to lean on it. Always is close, but I feel like when these two teams get together, high profile game Thursday night, Aaron Rodgers and his, you know, in, in his element, I feel like I feel like it's going to be close. I just I would not put money on the Packers. I, I would I would agree with you there, Matt. Well, Ray Sunshine. So Odd Shark. Well, Odd Shark currently has uh, Bears minus three. With Odd Sharks predicted score is Bears twenty six, Packers fourteen. 
Um, that would put their their total at 40 points. So the over-under is 46.5. Right now, it's even money. Um, the consensus bets are 50-50, whether the uh, Bears win or the Packers cover. So anytime you've got you've got a three-point differential, um, that's basically a pick em because uh, the Bears are given three points for home field advantage, and 53% of the money is going to the under. I personally am... I, I honestly, I, I feel like if the line is that close, I think the Packers have a better shot than I initially thought. Like, literally before I looked this up, I would have been like, yeah, Bears, hands down, no problem. But I think the Packers could really squeak it out. If if it stays under 46 points total, um, they might have problems. But if they make the over, I think that's where the, the Packers will run away in a shootout. But like, what's it going to look like if they do win? Like, I, have, I can envision the Bears winning very easily. I, I kind of know what that game's going to look like. Um, if the Packers win, is it just going to be like, like Rodgers kind of goes off and picks on the few like weeks weak secondary members of the Bears, and that defense actually shows up and plays well? Um, I, I think it's I, I think it would be it would be a death by a thousand cuts thing. I think you would actually see Rodgers make timing throws. You would see, you know, attempts of ten yards instead of attempts of two yards and fifty yards. Yeah, that sounds about right. Tell me what you think about this, because uh, I was reading some of the coverage of JS Online, Jim Ozarski and others uh, writing about some of the pre-snap uh, sort of tendencies with uh, with Matt LaFleur and how there was a pretty regimented system with Mike McCarthy. They had to, uh, you know, they had to be, they had to break the huddle at a certain time. They had to get to the line at a certain time. And there seems to be this concern and fascination with audibles in particular, but <laughs> there seems to be a concern with the amount of time and the amount of I don't know what you'd call it, traffic before the play gets snapped. Uh, does that does that matter at all? I don't I don't even know what to make of that. I've never thought of that aspect of <laughs> it. Does it matter so. at all? I know Matt thinks it doesn't matter because he's Matt's he's right. dying so, so over JR, there. Did you did you see Matt Lafleur's press conference today? When he got yeah, when he got feisty with reporters, and I don't blame him. I mean, I there is a lot of conversation about audibles. He also wasn't like that feisty like he was chill about it i thought given that he yeah, was I think flustered quote, his exact quote was like was like what more do you people want <laughs> i think they want him to say yes aaron Rodgers has the keys to the offense let him drive i am just here to be i don't know to be a guy on the sideline i don't know they just want well, i think i think they just well this is going to be an instance of like like lafleur wants to do what lafleur wants but he also needs to be smart enough to understand that this is freaking aaron Rodgers. yeah like like you don't necessarily give him the keys to the kingdom, but like you, you put your car in sport mode, you know? I think there's this idea that they have that like it's hard to audible in his offense because of like the way he sets plays up. But that's very myopic. Like th- that's just a very McCarthy way of looking at things where like McCarthy calls the same 20 plays a game all out of 11 personnel. It's easy to, you know, not easy, but you're always running a play out of a pers- personnel grouping that you can run another play out of. And I think they see LaFleur as like, well, you're going to have some diversity in your personnel and you're working at these long-term strategies. But like the, the football can be more creative and complicated than that. You can actually run a lot of those different kinds of plays out of those formations. And Aaron Rodgers is smart and can learn them and figure out how to how to put them out there. This is, this is not rocket science. So it, it's old-timey, fake-made-up garbage. He'll be fine and... Uh, it, they keep asking it just because it gets a reaction out of people on Twitter. So, I just old timey fake made up garbage yes. is just it, it's it's a phenomenal it's a good soundbite. <laughs> I, I, I I'm sick of that. I'll be happy when it goes away. I hope Rogers finishes the game and like just points out like audible here got a touchdown audible here first down <laughs> like I, I hope he just goes like one by one through plays where he'd he does be that. more subtle than that. He would drop. He would drop very subtle, uh, subtle hints or pop right. culture references that refer to things like that. And hopefully, I have reason to be optimistic well, I mean, about it. Rogers does have that like savant level remembrance of uh, every single play that he's ever had. So he could be like, "Yeah, you know, the play was eighty nine Razor, and I checked into a, a, a Texas look, whatever." And you're like, "Yeah, okay, that's thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it." <laughs> All right. Indeed. All right. So we mentioned that uh, we alluded to an injury before by not mentioning somebody's name. Uh, Jace Sternberger, Sternberger, Berger? 
I always say Gersternberger, Ermagerd all the time on Slack. <laughs> when, we talk, when we talk about it on Acme Packing Company, and then I write like that for the next <laughs> half hour and drive everybody crazy. Um, but Ermagerd, Gersternberger's hurt. Um, and, and out eight weeks. And out eight weeks, at least. He is eligible to return. Um, so it leaves him with Mercedes Lewis. He's still on the team, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I kind of just ignored him. <laughs> He's still collecting a paycheck. Good for Mercedes Lewis. So I really like Mercedes Lewis. Um, he is uh, the kind of guy I would have on my team, but he's probably not going to be very impactful. So um, it comes down to Jimmy Graham and, and Big Bob Tanyan. Um, uh, Jimmy and Bob. Jimmy and Bob. Who do you guys think is going to have a better season? And who do you think is going to be better in this game? Um, I like Bob long term, and I hope hope short term. Honestly, if they're going to have a good offense, I think it's kind of got to be him. I think Jimmy's still kind of washed up, but they keep talking about him like he's good. Um, and he'll probably be the, the one they go to short term at least. But what do you, what do you think about Bob long term? Uh, he's kind of a preseason hero like Janice a little bit, but he, he seems like he should be good. Well, wasn't it you who said that <laughs> there was a throw down the field last year? Yes, and, and he didn't realize it was Robert Tanyan, and I think it was you who said you should have you should have thought it was him because he was fast enough to get down the field, unlike Jimmy Graham, who would have been. But that is uh, correct. <laughs> I still have a I have a I, I have nothing more than a hunch about Jimmy Graham, but I feel like the I mean I do think he will outperform last year, which isn't saying much, but I think he's they're they're gonna find. He wasn't he wasn't a good fit for what they had going on last year, and he's not the type of guy that Rodgers can can work with when there's a play that breaks down or whatever. So maybe this year there's just more structure around Jimmy Graham's presence in the offense, and I and I do think there will be a point to make him to make him more productive to get him more involved. I obviously I mean like you like well, I would certainly expect Robert Tanyan or or someone else probably to be the long term solution. Someone else that's not on this roster, but yeah. uh, but Jay Sternberger doesn't seem to be like it. That's so true. I don't know. I, I don't know who that guy is. I didn't like that pick. I, like I hope it's Tanyan just because everything we say about Graham is like. Um, oh, in this offense, they'll be able to get him open and he'll be able to make catches. But like, you can say that about anybody. Like, that, <laughs> that, that's a like anybody can be schemed open and catch balls if they're wide open. Right. Like, Tanyan's fast enough and big enough to actually like make plays, even if he's covered. So I hope he breaks through a little bit. If it's if Graham's second on the team in targets again, it's going to be kind of infuriating. Um, th- that was that was ob- obnoxious last year. I'm sick of that. So with Jimmy Graham, I. I honestly thought he was going to be a smart cut. I I didn't think that they were going to let him get his roster bonus. And the fact that he's still on the team, I mean, as soon as he got his roster bonus, you knew he was going to make the team. Yeah. But he's he's he turns like a school bus. He cuts like a butter knife. He can't run anymore. <laughs> so he's he's just tall and he can barely catch. So like what what does he bring to the team that Jamon Moore didn't? Oh, uh, he can catch sometimes. That's that's pretty much it though. So occasionally he catches the ball. Um, is that where we say red zone threat? I know that's maybe oversold. <laughs> I don't but... think he is. Like he doesn't win in traffic anymore. He's just a tall guy. Like by the way, um, the replacement today for Sternberger was um, Alan Lazard, who was stashed on the practice squad and is now active. Who Ooh. is a a giant fast person who is kind of like Jimmy Graham a little bit in his heyday to some extent. He's a big, huge dude who just doesn't block, which is, I mean, Jimmy Graham, even in his heyday, was a big, fast dude who didn't block. <laughs> so um, it's a good replacement. I would like to see actually him take some tight end time and, and produce as well. I like Alan Lazard. I'm glad he's stuck around, yeah, he stuck around just for this. Also, phenomenal nickname. Uh, he has earned the moniker Alien Lizard. Alien Lizard. Woo. That is a good one. Yeah. So um, along those lines, um, we talked about being preemptively mad about people getting cut last week. At least or I, were we dumb? I, I did. Yeah, it actually I think did a pretty good job. Um, they did not keep three quarterbacks, which I was going to be mad about. Good on that. <laughs> I think they kept the right one, all things considered. I again don't think it matters too much. They're both kind of terrible. Were you surprised they didn't go after Hoyer or someone so, like him? I, I I bet they did, but Hoyer had a bidding war and he made a lot of money. I don't think they were ever going to pay him. He had Colts. Is that yeah, what he, he ended up with the Colts. Yeah. Um, who, He's gonna, he might start for them eventually. Who knows? Uh maybe. I, Jacoby Brissett's not too yeah, bad. Yeah, I know. He'll be okay if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. I mean, they just they just paid Jacoby a lot of money. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So um, they I think they there weren't really any cuts that really bugged me very much. I think they actually did a good job on cut down day. Um. The guys that they stashed all got through. They, 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 I don't think they lost anybody on waivers, did they? Um, that they thought. Might... Yeah, well, Latrell Jamerson. I don't know if that was earlier. I don't. Oh, or wait, I'm thinking. 
<laughs> no, I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Uh, no, there was somebody they lost. There was somebody they lost on waivers. It wasn't. Maybe it was Kaiser. I'm thinking of. I don't know. <laughs> so, so uh, Deshaun did go to the Raiders. Yes. Um, but I don't remember if that was a waiver pick or not. And even if it was, who cares? He's gone. Big whoop. <laughs> Um, they were gonna. Well, maybe they would have brought him to the practice squad. I don't know if that's technically. I don't think qualified. he was eligible anymore. Yeah, I don't He's think already he started either. a full season and played a half sure, season sure, here. Sure. Um, but so, Wilkins makes the practice squad. Yep. Um, good hurdler, Manny Wilkins. Shout outs to Manny for throwing shade on Twitter using the mocking SpongeBob meme. You can't hurdle people in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good when they're good on Twitter. Uh, he he know he knows he knows how his uh his current space in the league so good for Manny. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I mean honestly like he does he, I don't I don't think he'll ever be particularly good but he showed I think good field awareness. He's got a really good arm. Like I I think he has more potential than Tim Boyle does. I wouldn't make him the backup this year necessarily, but he he seemed fine especially for somebody who can get out and run and cause some problems doing it that way. So yeah. good I on think, him for making the practice squad. I think squad. it's it's a it's a poor comparison in terms of style of play and whatnot, but I think Manny Wilkins ceiling is like a Charlie Whitehurst, <laughs> like just just like a like a like a long term clipboard holder. That poor guy, he just got ceilinged by Charlie Whitehurst. Um, yeah, that's probably about right there. I just if 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 the worst thing in the world that you could be is clipboard Jesus, I think that that you're doing pretty well. Yep, yep, totally so. Um, so the only thing I thought was a little surprising was Dexter Williams made it over Trey Carson um, just because of the way they were talking about both of them. Like Dexter Williams kept getting chewed out in practice. He wasn't particularly impressive after the first game. Trey Carson seemed to do all the little things right that coaches love. Um, but in, when it, when push came to shove, the, the talent actually made the team and Carson got practice squatted um, and, and also cleared waivers and, and made it down. So um that one I thought was surprising, but I'm glad it happened. I would always also rather have the talented person, and especially at running back, where uh, you know it's good to be a good pass protector. It's good to be good in the passing game, but I'd rather have the good athlete out there learning how to do those things. What do you make of because they they cut Crawford, they kept him, then cut him, traded for B.J. Goodson. Oh yeah, B.J. Goodson, who as of Tuesday hadn't arrived to practice yet, so he's got one practice, assuming he gets there Wednesday before this game. Can't imagine he plays much, but like they—that's a pretty thin position group. That's three, right? That's yep. three. okay. So it's that's tough, man. They've got so they've got thin linebacker crew. Yeah, and you know that probably doesn't matter most of the time. Like inside linebackers are—they're not going to be in a, a multiple pole inside linebacker formation most of the time. Sure. But against the Bears, it probably matters uh, more than usual because their whole game plan is get ahead and grind it out and. They have they drafted a running back specifically for that purpose. They've done some offensive line shuffling. Like they want to run power when they get leads. And like if you don't have good inside linebackers to fill holes when they start doing that, they're gonna run all over you. So it, I mean, we also need to to anyone who doesn't know, BJ Goodson is a thumper. He is yeah, garbage oh yeah. in pass protect or in pass uh coverage, but he is a phenomenal sure tackler. Yep. And fun fact, uh last year in fewer games had more turnovers forced than Roquan Smith. <laughs> so wait, Roquan Smith, how many games did he play last year? Couldn't have been that many. No, I think he played all of them, didn't he? Wasn't he down for a bunch? No, Roquan played all 16 games. Oh, okay. um, yeah. BJ Goodson played 13. Else. And he forced more turnovers than Roquan Smith. No. I still would be afraid of Roquan Smith. Yes, he's, he's very good. So um, that is a stat that doesn't tell you anything about anything other than <laughs> But it is a fun fact. It, it is a fun fact. Um, so. Oh, sorry Ooh, about that. It's all right. Quick. We just saved our recording equipment. By the um, way, Natrell Jamerson was claimed on waivers by Carolina. Hey, all right. Good. Okay, so we lost somebody who is worthwhile because <laughs> Natrell Jamerson actually was pretty good. He's a good special teams player. Yeah, he was. Um, that is unfortunate, but yeah, one losing one's not too bad in the grand scheme of things. If you it, so, if you look at uh, B.J. Goodson's um, R.A.S. and and Blake Martinez's together, they're kind of funny because um, one of them I, I'm going to mix up who it is I, I believe it Blake Martinez is elite in agility but um, has one of the worst explosiveness scores and I believe Goodson is the opposite he is super explosive but has no agility at all <laughs> so um, I think in a nutshell that's your your pass cover guy and your thumper um, and the difference between them so, um, it, it's weird to have so such according to, according to his uh, mock draftable spider chart uh-huh. BJ 
BJ Goodson compares very favorably to Navarro Bowman. Oh, oh. all right. That's well, fun. That's Pro Bowl. I that lo- works. I love mock draft mock draftable comps. They're the best thing. The, the the rest of the site's not great, but that's fun. Just just um his his uh when you go to the athlete comparison, his number four comparison at ninety three percent is fullback Jeff Polk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's good when you compare it to a fullback that is not Danny Vitale. That's the only one that's worth it. Ah. Well, I mean, as as I mentioned before, Danny Vitale is actually 98.5%. That's right. That's um, good if you compare to him. Speaking of fullbacks, Alec Ingold winning a job with the Oakland Raiders. Undrafted. Hey. Beats out beats out a veteran, Keith. Uh, oh, no. Is it Keith White? I'm drawing a blank already. Oh, no. You don't know your fullbacks. I don't know my veteran fullbacks. I'm such a terrible it. person. But Alec Ingold going to be a uh, fullback in the NFL. I love that. That is great. Uh, good, valuable Badger player. Yep, Derek Wada, fullback in the NFL. So two Badger fullbacks roaming, uh, roaming the fields in the NFL teams. I love it. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, the, the delay is me pulling up questions. Um, oh, also, it's question time already. I think so. Um, I mean, we talked about bottle well, shock mean, for quite a while. We and, could, in in the meantime, we could yeah. talk about beer. We should talk about beer real quick. I put it on the agenda. Why? Um, because we have a Thursday game. Oh. And I wanted to talk about it because I don't like Thursday games. I think a lot of people don't like Thursday games because the quality of football tends to be lesser on them. But I also don't like them because they go late into the evening and they screw up my drinking regimen because I have to work the next day, like I assume almost all of you people do. Um, so I tend to, I'm drinking actually Summer Shandy right now, um, which is, you know, not great beer. Yeah, but- I, I like Summer Shandy, but I feel like for a beer guy, that would be a cardinal sin of some sort. So that's you shouldn't be that beer guy. Um every beer has its place and summer shandy is great when it's like 90 degrees out. Um but Thursday night football like I don't want to drink something that'll kill me and I'd like to have more than one. So um I I tend to go for the big macro type brews that day just because almost every craft beer is over 5% significantly in many cases and it, having a couple of those is not great for your morning the next day. So Sunday, I like that. You got a long time. You can let that that stuff pace yourself a little bit. Let it wear off a little bit. I like um, like founders breakfast out when stuff's starting early and things that'll go for a while. Yep, Matt's nodding. Um, but like Thursday cramps the beer style a little bit. So, um, so yeah. I for me this summer the the summer of 2019 was officially dubbed Hot Girl Summer the summer of uh, the hard seltzer. So I went through a phase of what I call lawnmower beers. And in fact, uh, Aaron Nigler of Cheesehead TV and I, uh, I, we had this thread going on Twitter for a long time, like a list of beers that you could drink 12 of. And for me, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the Thursday beer. Summer Shandy would be one of them. But I went through this summer every possible, what I would, cons- like I called them craft shitty beers. I went through every uh, macro knockoff made by a microbrewery I could find, and they were all just lovely. New Belgium has a lager called Mountain Time that you could throw down a 12-pack of and enjoy every single minute of it. Um, they also have another one called Day Blazer. Uh, that was their their lawnmower beer last year. Um, i trying to think. Oh, um, Oscar Blues Little Yellow Pills. I like that one a lot. That's a good one. Yep. So I, It's I went- a phenomenal like, 12 of I've been trying to go to a lot of the Milwaukee beer gardens this summer, and um, this I went to my favorite one that I hadn't been to before this weekend, which was Hubbard Park, which is in Shorewood slash North Milwaukee, and they had raised grain uh, golden ale, and it was phenomenal. Um, that one was great. I would recommend it. It's like under 5%. If you can find it, that's a great one. Also, that beer garden is awesome. It's kind of hidden. You have to go through a tunnel. Yeah, I don't know where that one is. I haven't, I've never been to that one. I put... Uh... I think my top three would be Hoyt Park, just because it's in in my hood. Close is good. I like Estabrook is kind of legendary. Estabrook is classic. And then I don't know Greenfield Park when they do the pop up thing, just because there's a big playground there and I got kids. But I yeah. don't uh, I don't know if I have a good third one. Downside to Hubbard is there is no playground, but they have um, a weird plastic bowling set that's hard to describe. Interesting. A ping pong table. And they got bags, and um, it's right on the river, um, the, mm-hmm. the Milwaukee River. So it's just off of Oakland. Um, it's on Menlo. Uh, just it's right by Oakland Euros. Like, okay. Um, which I think everybody kind of yeah. knows where that is. Yeah. So it's like right by there. Interesting. And it, it is very hidden, and 
um, there's there's a lodge there that does fish fries on Friday across from the bar. Sure. So um, it's uh, it's really really good. I highly recommend going there. It's okay. very picturesque. It's like shaded by it, also not sunny. Big. Yeah, it, we're getting to fall now, but like if you don't want to go get sunburned and be outside for a whole bunch, like it's all shade. So also very good. All right, Hubbard Park it is. Yeah. This is this is the point of the podcast where I roll in and go, yeah, I drove through Milwaukee a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> well, I'm on I'm on an island here because I don't drink a lot of beer. I don't I don't even I don't even know football very well. What am I doing here? I ask again. <laughs> why am I here? I, I like baseball and act directors. I don't know are British. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all good. Oh, Danny Boyle. Junior, uh, you are here for color commentary. I I I provide. Yes, I guess I can and provide for, parcels of and for color baseball commentary. analogies. It's so uh, important. That's when you got rolling. Oh, my God, he's broken in half. wouldn't be able to talk about anything. I can't believe we've discussed three true outcomes on this podcast. That's, well, that's huge. It is huge. And I'm glad to have, I like to have a football version of um, like every baseball stat. So it's, it's kind of, kind of what I do. Like, I, you know, the two stats I've invented, right? QB OPS and wide receiver OPS. I did not know that you had done that. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Yes. They're even kind of predictive of things, so it's even it's pretty good. <laughs> you are the perfect baseball football fusion personality in this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's very it's perfect. Well, the, so I I moderate the comments at Acme Packing Company, and I'm Paul's so articles sorry. on his his made up stats are awful because he puts so much effort into these stats that are actually very good and and quite predictive. <laughs> and then the top comments going to be like, "Oh, baseball this is stupid." <laughs> Or it's gonna be a Bears fan telling him that he should stop doubting the the great David Montgomery or Ha Clinton Dix or I don't know oh, Eddie God. Jackson. You were in you were in on on a Pro Bowl safety too. You you just hate everybody on that team. Trubisky. <laughs> I actually would start David Montgomery this week. I think he's gonna do quite well. So, um, but still, you shouldn't Paul, have drafted him. Paul, he could legitimately tweet out like, "Hey, we're talking about bottle shock today," and then every response will be Bears fans going, "Man, we occupy so much space in your head." <laughs> yep. Oh, you, every single time. Yeah, people love to point out the space they have in people's heads. That's a very common thing now. It's great. <laughs> what other questions do we have? Do we have more questions? Well, we haven't even done one yet. We haven't even done one. Yeah. So I'm um, sorry, I tuned out when we were talking about beer. So I assumed that was a question or something. No, no, it was on the agenda. I wanted to talk about how Thursday impacts our lives. So. Yes. So, Not for me though. I don't drink beer when I'm watching a Packer game. Oh, okay. Got to pay attention. I you like know, it's, that. It's actually it's kind of funny when I used to do my Sunday ritual was much more uh, macro beer for me. I'd go to the local Packer bar called Tony's. Um, go in when they open, get breakfast and a Bloody Mary. Game would start at eleven my time. Um, then I would start my mini pitcher of hams. Uh, that would be I'd probably be two mini pitchers in by halftime. Then I would have a burger and some curds, and then have another couple, two, three mini pitchers, and Uber home. Hmm. That's a lot of mini pitchers. That does feel like an authentic Packer bar. You experience. should get two big pitchers instead. But then they get warm. Okay, and fair enough. Warm hams mm. is just the worst. All right. So, <laughs> qu- question <laughs> one. Hams. Yes. Question one from Ryan Ziegler: What or when is going to be the Rogers "We told you so" moment? Um, oh yes it's gonna be after they beat the chiefs to go to eight no he out duels Mahomes, and uh, he's like you, that, i told you all the r-e-l-a-x what now if that happens that oh, will God. be it uh, <laughs> yes it if, will if what's one of those like like what's a definitive statement i could say like like if rogers rolls into arrowhead and out duels Mahomes on his home turf i will eat this tweet or <laughs> podcast <laughs> <laughs> It's an SD card, so you can do that. It won't even kill you. Um, I don't think that'll happen. I don't. I just don't think they'll be very good. So, um, if I hope it happens, but I don't think you can really predict a moment. If they if they beat the Chiefs, that's probably it because that's outdoing like the best guy in the game so far. And like if they do beat the Bears, I don't think anybody will really blanch at it too much because a lot of people are favoring them to do so. So not that. If they have that moment, they kind of have to go through bad times first, I think, to actually, you know, the relaxed moment wasn't like, we're killing everybody, it was, we're in bad shape, and we'll be fine. I think they were one and two <laughs> Yeah, it was relaxed. It was really early It was on. a one and two? Oh, that's nothing. I think that's all it was. Detroit was involved. Either they well, had how, just lost I to mean, Detroit or about to play Detroit. How often did they start? Well, they started one and two, holy crap, it was like three seasons in a row or something? Like, uh, like one and two was the start that you expected. 
Yeah, that could be. Yeah. And and I think that's what's so interesting about this year is, like we've talked about this before, we have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea what this team is going to look like. So, like you said, they could beat the Bears, and I don't know if that would really shock the world. They could lose to the Bears, and it wouldn't shock anybody. So, it's so strange it's, to not have even a little bit of sense of how good this Packers team is. Yeah, it really is. It's bizarre. It's hard to have that moment when you don't have those expectations because, like, what what's that moment going to look like? It, will it be they, like, kill 10 people in a row or... Like lose, go on like a three-game losing streak. I, I I have no idea. I just don't. I don't see him having that big comeback this year. I hope I'm wrong, but and I'm not optimistic. We'll have the relaxed moment. Um, we should circle that game against the Chiefs. Yeah. I feel like not because I think they're going to be. No, that's ridiculous. But I think that could be that could be a proving ground. You know, I could see them being you know a little above 500 to that point, and that could be a game where it's like, okay, we really. Yeah. We really are going to go to the playoffs this year, or something like that. That's a that'll be a telling moment in time. I could see that if if that's one where they kind of let it all loose, that could that could be that kind of moment. That's true. All right. Every season there seems. Oh, this is Jonathan Deal. Um, every reason every that. Let me try that again. Every season there seems to be a statistical outlier, like Fackrell's ten point five sacks last season. <laughs> Who's your pick for this season and why? How dare you refer to Kyler Fackrell as a statistical outlier? Yeah. He's totally going to repeat that. He sacks people all the time. Um, So I think the most likely players to have those kinds of seasons are, well, your edge rusher getting too many sacks like Fackrell or some corner getting a ton of interceptions. Like, honestly, haha, Clinton Dix's entire reputation is based on this happening. So um, I do think their pass rush will be a little bit better. I would go for a statistical outlier. Um... So someone in the secondary, um, let's see, not Savage, not Amos. He's not like maybe like Kevin King. I was gonna say that. Yeah, Kevin King. Um, just like capitalizing on a better front seven. He's gonna be the second corner because Jair is gonna be the first. So he'll probably get a lot of targets. Opportunities can lead to interceptions if you get enough um, pass rush up front. So I, I would say King's a good bet for it to, to see like five plus picks. Three interceptions in three weeks, and it's all about everybody wanted T.J. Watt and Ryan <laughs> Ramchek and Kevin King is for real. And That's he, even better. Then like, he gets hurt. I know. Speaking of I told you some moments, it's going to be great. And then he'll get hurt, and people will be reminded that Ryan Ramchick is a all-pro left tackle, and T.J. Watt is a very <laughs> good linebacker. And Kevin King is still, I believe, on a snap count this week, so he's still not quite yeah. all there. Um, For me, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I'm going to say Blake Martinez doesn't break 100 tackles. Oh, yeah? How? Yeah, that's... <laughs> You're going to need more linebackers. Is he going to be hurt? Uh, he's the only one. I, 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 don't, I don't know. That's that's my... Blake Martinez is a freaking tackle machine. He gets 150 tackles a season. I think that, that that's... If you're looking for your statistical outlier, like, that's going to happen. Like, either the... Uh, ridiculous Petten hybrid fronts are going to no longer put him in a position to just be a tackle machine or teams are going to pass more against the Packers or uh, like, God forbid, um, Rashawn Gary does some weird B-gap blitzing all the time and, and he's the tackle machine. But I just, I get a feeling that like Blake either doesn't or barely cracks triple digits. What if it's Danny Vitale's eight touchdowns? <laughs> Touchdown! Uh, so touchdown, Tommy touchdown Vardell. Vitale. Touchdown, Danny Vitale. Hey, it works okay. It's not. It's not, not as perfect. Good. Yeah. No. Uh, that uh, if that, that starts really to happen, probably wouldn't be a statistical anomaly. That's just like how fullbacks work. I, it is how fullbacks work, but it's not how they should work. No, I understand. So uh, that would be annoying. Um, <laughs> but real quick, interrupting the questions. Um, how much? How many carries think Aaron Jones gets against the Bears? Is, is this going to are they going to pound him into the line 20 times 12. or 12? I like 12. You think it's going to be that 12. few, huh? I think they'll split it up, and I still think they'll kind of dial him back a little bit um, to to preserve him. So I think you'll see the backups get a good amount, too. Do you think Dexter Williams gets any carries his I, first game? No, I don't. Okay. Matt? I think I think Aaron Jones gets 20 touches, you think but I think he gets 12 carries. You think they, they target him eight times in the passing game? I truly do. Uh, I think that I think that we're going to see... We're going to see some split out wide. We're going to see some Texas routes. I think I think we're going to see Aaron Jones in the passing game. I just I feel it in my bones. That's a lot of passing to running backs. That's all. That's my only problem with that. Um, I I think it'll be like twelve carries and like three four receptions. Yeah, so sounds good. To okay, all right. all right, all right. I'm I guess I'm I'm incredibly optimistic. I guess so. That would be fascinating. 
Um, <laughs> all right. So um, last one. How much? This is from Jay Google, who every every week. Thank you for being a loyal listener, Jay. Um, how much? How much more pressure will Petten dial up compared to last year? Um, and anybody want to go for? It? I have, I have one on this, but take uh, it. Oh, <laughs> Petten. Petten is going to continue to be the best pass rusher on the team. Um, last year, they had it was it was a crazy it was like it was like fifteen players with at least one sack. Yep. Um, I, I think that that uh, Mike Petten last year was the best pass rusher. I think that that's going to continue. Um, as we've said many many times, his defense is completely predicated on having the man to man coverage to allow his exotic blitz scheming. Um, in terms of dialing up the pressure, I think if he just brings what he brought last year and the coverage doesn't break down behind it, we can expect good things. But that's a big if. So I, I actually disagree with that. I think he will dial down the pressure. Um, I think a lot I of know. that last year was out of necessity. So it's true. The Packers actually got a lot of sacks last year. They they were in the top half of the league. They The problem was generating consistent pressure, but they did get home a lot. Um, I think... Patton, like a lot of defensive coordinators, would prefer to rely on his just base pass rush getting home. That didn't happen last year because that base pass rush was crap. It had Nick Perry and Clay Matthews doing a lot of it, and that doesn't work. So enter the Smiths and um, Kenny Clark, another year giving pressure up the middle. Dean Lowry, I mean, that's he's not a good run stopper, but he is a good pass rusher. Um, they should be able to generate more pressure with less blitzing, and I think that's what you want. So when Patton blitzes too much, he he, call, he creates problems in the secondary, and they get they sometimes pay for it, and they did last year. Um, I'm hoping he's smart enough to realize that, and with better players up front, they should not be putting themselves in bad position in the secondary, selling out to get pressure. So I think there'll be less less exotic scheming of blitzes, um, maybe more exotic scheming of four man rushes, but uh, I do not think you'll see the all out kind of sell out to get pressure that you did last year. I have nothing to add. I, w- to I would like to. Change- <laughs> I would like to change my answer. All uh, right. I think that Petten will four more often. And <laughs> no, but basically, yeah. Well, well that was it. That All was right. incredibly well. So let, let's put you, you just caved. You caved. You just caved. That's it. That's all it took. Well, like, okay. I don't continue an argument if I'm 100 percent sure I lost. And Paul's argument makes way more sense than mine. <laughs> well, my only thing that gives me a little pause there is that i'm still not sure he's he thinks about things that i want to see Petten actually coordinate this before it actually happens like it's i think it's what a smart person would do but i could see him also falling in love with all of his like crazy exotic blitz packages there's a little bit about that in in the book and like just he he likes to find these things and then run them even if they don't necessarily work that well so i'm we were also we were also on this podcast talking about how he's a film grinder and pure effort knowledge-based guy that that is all true um i i i don't know i'm i'm just skeptical that he's a very good coordinator but we'll see um you are you are an incredibly pessimistic person and i do understand that but you got to remember that he produced top 10 defenses in cleveland i know i know i know it happened it's not hopeless like i i think he could be good i just i want to i want to see it with this personnel group as we look at the, now how the final roster shapes up, and no Mike Daniels, are you? Uh, does do you have any different feelings about them deciding to let him go? Because I, I think somebody might have been you, Paul, who tweeted that this team would look a lot better if Mike Daniels were on it. It would. It would like their front seven would be like an an all star team if Mike Daniels were on it. Like the the Smiths are are very good. They're close to that, and with Daniels and, and Clark next to each other, that's a very intimidating front. Um, you, you take that out. You put Lowry in there. It looks a lot worse. It's not that Lowry's bad, but he's he's a good spot player. Like he's good if you got to just generate a little bit of pass rush, and or if you like take him out. Um, if you need a big run stopping guy, I like Montrevious a little better for that. I like Gary for that. But like this front's not as scary. This is something you can scheme around. Daniels is a good anchor because he's good at everything, even if when he's not dominating at one specific thing. Uh, See, and I think I think this pass rushing duo is it's it's a light that never goes out it's it's this charming man uh i mean i mean how soon is is now to talk about (laughs) i i I understand all of this by the way uh Uh, there's 
Smith's punts. The, yes, the they're, they're all Smith's anyone. punts. That, it, it's a it's a but, mar a mar on your record that you, you did that. And yeah. and to to, I I talk about the loss of Mike Daniels the personality a lot, and I just had a, a huge example of that happen. Um, it was like yesterday or the day before. A friend of mine from high school, uh, her name is Kelly Rowe. She is now a reporter for Fox Two Detroit. Um, she was tweeting at Kent from uh, Pride of Detroit, the maker of Relative Athletic Score. She was wearing a, a shirt that had Goku from Dragon Ball Z photoshopped into lion's colors and like a lion flag behind it, like a like a one of those like Facebook ad targeted ad pictures you see. And Mike Daniels came out of left field and was like, "Yo, Kelly, how much you want for that shirt?" <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like it was like a, it was very on brand for mike he's and it a good was guy. completely out of nowhere and i just i already miss him i miss mike daniels the person as much as mike daniels the player yep i, I think that's really a, a uh not even pennywise pound foolish just foolish all around um that, that's gonna bite him i think but we'll see i could be wrong and you i mean the leader on this defense i don't know if that matters it may, maybe doesn't but it was so clearly him, and now is it is it a twenty three year old? You know, is it Kenny Clark? Exactly, age twenty three. Yeah. Like I don't know who you turn to, Blake Martinez. Blake I Martinez, guess. maybe. I, I, we we're kind of guessing at that a little bit, yeah. but I, I don't know. Like, and we did know before, so yeah, it, it's um, it's not unfortunate, but I feel like a better managed team would have found a way to hold on to that guy. Oh, man, I mean, how long until we get our next Charles Woodson? Uh, NFC Championship game. You know, the president don't want to see us in the Super Bowl. We'll go see him. Right, like that's. Like, like, where is that that person in the locker room? Don't know. Hopefully one pops up. Might be Jair. He talks a lot. He does talk a lot. Okay, one, one quick last one before we uh, we sign off for the day. So, um, Mason Crosby did help hold off a challenge. Um, he, he's getting up there. He was 23rd in the league in field goal percentage last year. He was worse the year before. Is this his last year as a Packer? Uh, well, I... He's the all-time leading scorer. Uh, what else does he have left to do? I think at this point, he's just playing to play. Like He doesn't need to play anymore. <laughs> and one more down, quote-unquote, down year. Well, but at, I mean, at what point does it stop being down years and just starts being years? Well, there's no reason to retire um, from being a kicker because it's very easy. Like you, you, yeah, don't, true. you don't get hit. You don't have to practice that hard. You, you just go out there and you kick the ball. Um, I, I do think if kickoff still mattered that much, he would maybe be gone already. But... Uh, and I'm glad Sam Ficken didn't beat him because um, if you go look at his stats in college, he was actually kind of terrible. Uh, he had a good senior season. <laughs> he, go look. He played for Penn State, and he was awful his first two years uh, of regular playing time. He had a good senior season, but it wasn't great. He had like 80% of his kicks. And then he's had a cup of coffee in the pros backing up Greg Zerline with the Rams, and he's missed kicks in like every game he's played. So I'm glad he didn't win because I suspect he's actually bad, even if he had a good preseason. But Crosby's like... Like, you can do better than Mason Crosby at this point. Now, you don't want to be the Bears where you can't do better than Mason Crosby, no matter how hard you try. Um, but, like, I think they should start to bring in more serious competition for him next year. They're, they're giving some points up here. What is the what is sort of the fancy stats? tell? What do they tell you about finding a good kicker? You know, is it teams get ridiculed when they draft a guy. But it seems like it's harder and harder to find a really reliable person off the street. And then that said, there are guys that you find off the street who kick for 10 years. So, like, what's the what's the formula? Is there a formula? I don't think there's a good formula. I think it's actually a really hard position to scout. And I, I, the best way to do it is probably to have guys, like, kick in kick game situations as much as possible. Like, honestly, teams should start simulating that a little bit more. Um, I think they'd benefit from, like, sort of the, the, the pitching, um, like, Trevor Bowery kind of thing of of making him go through the motions a whole bunch of times in different situations, different wind conditions. It's one of those things where, like, once you find a guy, you don't need another one for 10 years. You should put some money behind actually doing this right yeah. and figuring out. Like, there's some things that are easy to measure, like how leg strength is easy, like how far you can kick is easy. The only hard part is how good are you at aiming and dealing with environmental conditions and things like that. And, like, you should be able to scout well enough to figure out who's good and bad at that. And, and yeah, you get ridiculed a little bit for drafting guys, but a lot of that's on the Buccaneers for trading up in the second round to draft Robert Aguayo, <laughs> which was ridiculous. No, like ri one of the worst football moves in the history of the league. Like, what, 
who is going to go ahead of him and draft him? Like trading up was. Well, just... wasn't there a? There was a rumor that someone else was trying to trade up for him. Well, of course, it was a rumor, um, but no Spread one was back actually going to do it. It's probably just Bill Belichick screwing with people. <laughs> it, it is what do he. Do you does. think Belichick does that? Do you think he tries to mess with people? And then he's just like, no one will know how I impacted Tampa Bay's decision to trade up for a kicker. I could see him having a behind the scenes. I would if like I were that. him. Yeah. Totally Bill, do that. Bill Belichick loves special teams so much that that would absolutely be on brand yep. for him to have someone overspend on a special teams player. Absolutely. Hmm. So anyway, uh, anyway, I, I like Mason. So he's been good, but there's a great, be... um, uh, wired video I was watching a little while ago. It's called why it's almost impossible to kick a 90 yard field goal. And it's all about the mechanics of kicking and, and how kicking has evolved over the years. Highly recommend going and watching it and, and like why it's so hard to scout kickers. Yeah. All right. Good recommendation. Because basically, if you take any kicker in the NFL right now in a practice situation, they could nail 75 yarders, not in pads. No problem. And it's just having to kick high, having to kick in the elements. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. It's great. All right. Cool. We will do that. I'm going to definitely do that because I've always wondered that myself. So, uh, I do think Green Bay is hard to scout because kicking outside in the winter is terrible, and that has a huge impact on everything. And the Bears, fix your field. That's why your kicking is bad and hard to scout. So, hmm. Talked about that last time. Which hey. is why it felt like Mason Crosby was – like I, I didn't want Sam Ficken even in the mix. Like Just go with what you've got. It seems like uh, – it just is a situation where it's like I feel like it only gets worse from here, and it probably doesn't, <laughs> but – you know, it's it just seems like when you see what the Bears have struggled with, it feels like the formula just there's no formula, there's no way to know what what comes next. So just like keep keep the devil you got and hope for the best. You know, for at least one well, more year. Also, Paul, it's it's interesting hearing you lament the field conditions when bad field conditions are what saved Brett Favre's first extra point. You know, the like he held Brett Favre held on his the first extra point after his first touchdown pass, right? And he was afraid of hitting his hand. And because the field was muddy, he just threw his hands up in the air and the ball stuck. Because <laughs> it was muddy. Was I did not know that. Yeah, so built-in built in kicking tee there. And um, saved and Brett's that, career. He, he was no longer the holder. And just look what happened to Tony Romo when he had to do it. Total opposite. Brief conversation <laughs> I had yesterday that is apropos nothing, but just since you mentioned Brett Favre, who's the fourth best quarterback in Packers history? Um... Is it Lynn Dickey? I think it's Lynn Dickey. It's either him or... I mean, it's it's hard stop Lynn Dickey. Okay. I don't think it's even close. Okay. I didn't know if Mikowski snuck in the conversation. Probably not. It didn't play enough. I, I don't know enough about the old, uh, the other old quarterbacks. Like, I don't I don't know enough about the people throwing to Don Hudson. Um, right. I, I don't, well, that's because... Well, yeah. The, the quarterbacks from that age, we, we know nothing about them right. pretty much. Um, so it's Lynn Dickey. Like, he was, he was good. He was legitimately good. Okay. He, he had a weird career because he had a strike season in there and he had... Um, you know, bad Packer teams. Yeah, the but, Packers were terrible. Um, I think that's correct. It's not Don Mikowski. He had a, you know, very short peak. Um, a little bit of losery, very mobility related. Yeah, good. Probably fifth, so, but maybe but it's Mark I have, Brunel. I have asked the question. Yeah, Mark Brunel is actually not a bad pick, but I have asked the question to people who were around and diehard fans during both the Dickey and Majkowski eras, and they will say that Lynn Dickey blows the pants off of Majkowski. Are you pronouncing right. Majkowski ironically, or is that actually how you say Don Majkowski's name? That's how I say it. Okay. I say Majkowski because right, I, he's the magic man, and <laughs> it's, I'm not being ironic. Uh, what's ironic is his mullet. Well, it is now. It was very sincere at the time, as were Zubas and other terrible things. In the lore of great Packers-Bears games, since we are going into one, the, uh, yeah. the instant replay game. That's the best Mikowski. one. Uh, so you put good. that number one? Um, it's up there. It, it's definitely up there. It was such a good game. I watched it with I watched it with Chicago relatives who were just still mad about it to this day. Of course um, they should be. Although, I think the, I think the call was right, so wasn't it? I, I, I think the problem with the call is that I think the call is ultimately correct, However, I also don't think that there's enough visual evidence to, to overturn, overturn it. Yes. <laughs> it. So right before that okay. was part of our vernacular. How about this? We're going to go full circle here. The best Packers Bears game and drafting a kicker. Bring it. September seventh, nineteen eighty. Chester Markle, Chester Markle. runs <laughs> runs a blocked field goal in for a touchdown while high on cocaine. Oh, I didn't even know the cocaine part, or maybe I'd forgotten about that. 
Uh, yeah, because he scored every point in that game, I believe. It's uh, it's in overtime that he returns the, uh, the the blocked kick, came right back to him. I think it was 6-3 to three or 6-6, six, six, and he uh, he gets it. He's got one of those old face masks, the Scott Norwood face mask, where it's just a bar. And I think he's wearing glasses. Yeah, he's, he's got re- big, thick glasses. And he returns that. And, uh, yeah, so, that, that was on my list. I actually did a list at JS Online of the uh, the best Packers-Bears games, and that was uh, – that was way up there. Instant replay game was way up there. I, I, I'm sure the NFC Championship is is the best. I mean, if you want in terms of stakes, yeah. And BJ Raji, which uh, which which is phenomenal, like an, an immediate high score on my on my bar. But uh, oh, absolutely. But yeah, those uh, those are all mentioned. I, I'm only being half ironic when I say the Chester Markle game. Of course, it's the NFC Championship game. But yeah, the Chester Markle yeah. game yes. is amazing. Um, I, I have that on the list, though. That is a legitimately incredible moment in time. <laughs> highly, highly recommend Chester's book. It's called Alive and Kicking. It's um, the dude has a phenomenal story. Came to the U.S., couldn't really speak any English. Um, was a soccer player. Made friends by playing football. Like wow. ended up going to college, getting drafted. Yeah, like read his book. That's awesome. It's called Alive and Kicking. It's amazing. And he was high on cocaine when he made that play. Yeah, um, like it, by the time he was, it was like his second year. He had a pretty substantial cocaine Incredible. habit. Oh my goodness, that's almost yeah, it's in the book. It's almost as good as Doc Ellis on LSD. It, it, throwing, uh, it's, no it's in the ballpark. <laughs> All things considered, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, so before we get out of here, anybody have things to plug? We did a little bit up front, so Jr. Besides your oh, let's see what have we done lately. Well, I did do the uh, I don't know if I, did I plug this last time. The story uh, the story of the first game ever aired on ESPN uh, was a slow pitch softball game in Landon, Wisconsin. You did, outside. but you can plug it again. Yeah, yeah, it's it was live great. now. And uh, oh yeah, I did. But but that special is coming up on September 10th, so I really want to watch that. I'm okay. I'm very excited about that. Uh, re- recently, we ran down all the Badgers that are in the. Uh, that are in the NFL. There's a bunch of them and, and some additional Wisconsin connections as well. Lots of pro bowlers, a few all pro guys, lots of rookies, lots of lots of guys off that team that, you know, is going to be remembered as a very disappointing team. But, you know, mentioned Alec Ingold earlier. TJ Edwards was also undrafted, and Bo Benchwell, who's all American offensive lineman, but also yep. undrafted. Three undrafted guys landed on NFL He's gonna be three good. man rosters. He's gonna be so good. Yep. He's gonna be so good. And uh, I mean, as a as a guard, like he's he's just gonna he's gonna be great. And um, unfortunately, he's in the division, but uh, but also several draft picks as well. So that Wisconsin team had a lot of NFL quality talent for a team that that underachieved. But uh, put that up at jsonline.com, and uh, I think I think that's it for now. There's a few okay. other things floating around. I did talk about Gavin Lux. Speaking of baseball, Kenosha native Gavin Lux made his debut for the Los Angeles Dodgers, one of the best prospects in baseball. Wrote about him as well. Nice, Matt. Um, nothing really to plug. Uh, this weekend will likely be the triumphant return of hottest take of the week. All right. Um, yeah. So, uh, I would say look out for that. It's funny. I tried to restart hottest take of the week this summer and it ended up with a horrible case of food poisoning the day before I was going to film. Um, and then that just put some bad juju on the whole project. So, uh, I would expect that after the the Bears game because there's going to be a lot of regardless of the outcome there's going to be a lot of Bears fans in my mentions yep there'll be some terrible terrible takes <laughs> um so as, as I said I, I had my last write-up for the last preseason game and preview the Bear game in the Shepard Express yesterday um and I have a article coming out for Acme Packing Company I think tomorrow um text willing um about how Mitch Trubisky and Aaron Rodgers generated their value in very similar ways last year um, especially if you look at their sort of QBR breakdowns, they both got way more value out of rushing than they did out of passing, which is very different than all the other people who ranked highly in QBR and isn't good for either one of them. So um, there'll be more details there. It's not a great thing for either quarterback. Yes, I just compared Mitch Trubisky to Aaron Rodgers. I feel like and you're going to get the Packers thing. fans on your like I said, case now. It'll make every single person angry at me. It's uh, it's meant to do that. So, but it's also true. Uh, God, the best and worst person. things. <laughs> yeah, the best and the worst things about Paul are that he never drinks the Kool Aid. He's so analytical and and just rides that razor's edge of of the baseball guy and the football guy, and so it makes a lot of people mad. 
on both sides of the fandom. Well, that's definitely why you have me on this podcast. I drink any Kool-Aid nearby, and I'm uh, pure emotion, so I'm I'm here for the ridiculous, stupid Neanderthal takes. Kool-Aid is pretty great. Um, <laughs> and also, um, people... It's great. <laughs> Analytically speaking, yes, it's yeah. one of the higher quality drinks that you could uh, that you could consume. I miss Kool-Aid, actually. Can you still buy Kool-Aid? Like, I oh, heavens, yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah? All right. Buckets. Get some Kool-Aid. Okay, let me, have you guys ever made Kool-Aid prison wine? No, but I already know what it is. (laughs) Kool-Aid, sugar, and brewer's yeast. And activate the brewer's yeast. Um, Actually, champagne yeast works a little bit better. Um, Put it in a big... (laughs) Sounds terrible. Just terrible. It's it's actually it's it's kind of like homemade Boone's Farm. Well, yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! Oh, it's, a, it's actually like this terrible <laughs> malt-based beverage that it, yeah, um, not bad like you said, Paul. Matt, we um, we're we've talked forever. Give us the Matub story. Let's go. Oh yeah, shit. okay. So <laughs> make it quick. <laughs> okay. Well, the, and that's the sad thing is it's not terribly interesting. That's why um, we're saving it to the end. Somebody, played, uh, somebody's just been uh, waiting with bated breath for this moment, and it's going to be so you know, disappointing. It's, it's probably it's going to be Ryan Ziegler who gives us comments every uh, week. Yep. And last week we answered his last, and he was in my mentions going, "Sorry, I made you sad." So like, <laughs> for Ryan. shout outs to you. Um, so I played lacrosse in high school, and there were a bunch of other mats on the team. I think that in total there were five. And my last name is difficult on paper. It's super Croatian. It is Matanic. Um, doesn't sound that hard, but people screwed up. I get Matanovic. Um, Sorry, Matanovic. that was me. I did that. Marinovic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, Speaking of cocaine habits. Anyway. <laughs> um, it all comes and, full circle. We yes. have done a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> so um people started calling me variations of my last name like very similar to rookie of the year um runamucker rosenbagger uh, rogenherger so uh Matubalovich was a very popular uh version of my last name and it got shortened to matub and it stuck and i went to uh, i quit lacrosse when i was a junior in high school and my freshman year of college i went to a party on the second day of orientation and a dude i went to high school with yelled hey what up my tub from across the room and suddenly that was my name that's what i was known as around campus i had to put it in my facebook um as my middle name so people could find me and it just kind of stuck and so um in the early days of youtube everyone had a catchphrase and my catchphrase was just how i would introduce myself at parties like what's happening everybody my name is matt but you can call me my tub and like that just it's stuck. All right. That is a very weird... Like, that just wouldn't be... Who's yelling that across a room at a party? I, I... My, my friend Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go to college with a lot of your friends? Was it like a... No. Like, Mike Mike and I were, like, best friends through middle school and um, kind of lost touch in high school and then just ran into each other freshman year of college. All right. All right. There it is. That's the tough story. story. <laughs> it's... <laughs> We've been teasing it for five episodes, yep. and now now it's it, the bird is set free. It's amazing. It's 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 going to be very much like this anticlimactic Packers game where they're probably going to get murder oh, stopped. Probably so. Yeah. What's the prediction? What do you got? What's the score that you guys have? I think they get destroyed. I think it's like twenty-eight-seven. Ooh, really? Yeah. Man, you have no faith. I, no nope. offense. I think uh, 28-24 Packers. All right. Got one Packer win. Yeah, I'll go thirty-one twenty-four Packers. All I right. think that's what ESPN had, and I said at the beginning I was going to just, just go align myself with ESPN's crazy simulation. So let's do it. Oh, um, I should I should note in my face of the franchise Madden featuring Fart McDuty, the quarterback. Jesus. The Packers beat the Bears seventeen fourteen. Excellent, great, glad to hear it. Great. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had video of Jr. Just buried. <laughs> All right. Well, that seems as good a time to Big sign off as any with Matt. We talk analytics. We break things and down. Fart and Mike McDuty. Fart McDuty. Yep. All right. Jesus. Thank you all for listening to the Bottle Shock Fart McDuty podcast. We'll, uh, we'll <laughs> We're talk- really going to play those first five minutes. That's really going to happen. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. That was cool. We got we to gotta make everyone happy. Yeah. All right. Y- even the people who like wine movies. All right. Till next week. Go back. <laughs>